Ain't no doubt about it. Let's give him a good Bendale welcome. This pulpit tonight. God bless you. Come on, let's give that to Jesus right now. Woo, he is worthy today. Oh, he's so worthy. Come on, come on, get that to him. Woo, thank you, Jesus. My God, my God, he is amazing to us today. And so it continues with the computers and everything. Got my Bible and everything up here, so pretty thin, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> oh, so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, uh, Pastor Moore, for giving me the honor to come up here. Ah, oh, this is amazing. Can't say I was nervous. I still ate good when I got to the house. The wife left. I still ate like a champ, so can't say I was nervous or anything else. So, so I definitely give you honor tonight, Pastor Moore. Thank you for entrusting me with your flock. If I get carried away, just throw a shoe at me. <laughs> yes, and I like to give honor tonight to my wife. She's not going to testify. That's okay. <laughs> uh, he has been good to us and those two children of ours. Ah, uh, it's been a blessing. I'm going to get the nerves out here. Definitely a blessing for both of them. Thank you, Jesus. I give honor to my mom and my dad. Thank you. This is what it was about. This is what it was about. To my brother and my sister. It was worth the fight. The whole time it was worth the fight. But one for mom and dad, I mean... I definitely consider them good planters because they plant the seed and knew how they can leave it and let it grow. I'm definitely thankful for that. Putting a fear into me, uh, I still say yes, sir, a lot, and I tell them you can go to, uh, you can, uh, you can call DC and get that one straightened out because I still, I still gonna say yes, sir. That's right. So again, this is awesome. This is amazing. I'm definitely honored to be before y'all. Uh, this is, this is definitely some amazing times because I know I've thought all the time with y'all, your voice is strong, but there's going to be a time when there's going to have to be a new voice. The same sound, but a new voice. So I thank God he gives me the opportunity to come before y'all with a new voice to hopefully, hopefully I can, uh, the way I've wrote it down, hopefully I can lead y'all in the way that I've wrote it. I told my class today, it's only about 10 minutes, but I said 17 times. <laughs> 17 times, so, I, so that's at least 170 minutes, so. So if you have your Bibles, and you can turn with me to Jonah 1, 14 through 16 is where I'm going to take my scripture from. Again, I'm honored. This is amazing. I thank everybody, the Texas from yesterday. Thank y'all for the encouragement. Uh, thank y'all for the encouragement because I know Wednesday y'all mentioned some stuff and I was like, they need to get out of my notes. And then this morning I was like, okay, he definitely been reading my notes. So, so if you have a Bible, Jonah 1, 14 through 16. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee. Let us not perish 
for this man's life. And lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea. And the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. And offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. So with the help of God tonight, hopefully I can relay what's been on my heart for some time now. I want to say this title come to me back in December. So it's been on my heart for some time. And I finally just been trying to get with Pastor Moore. And I finally just went up to the hardware store and said, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready. I, that's the best way to do it. It's just, just to get up here and start doing it. So with the help of God tonight, hopefully... Hopefully, y'all can understand what's been on my heart. And my simple title tonight is, The Unwanted Blessing. Pastor, can you pray? Jesus, Jesus' name. You may be seated tonight. Cast me forth into the sea has been taken by some to indicate his repentance and heroic faith. However, his statement could well indicate the intensity of his disobedience. And he would rather die than go to Nineveh. We heard it from Brother Phillips of just how evil Nineveh was. I mean, it was corrupt. He said a wall of bones. So you can just imagine what was going through Jonah's mind when he's like, you want me to go where? <laughs> that ain't going to happen. So I definitely encourage you to go listen to the intensity of what jo uh, Jonah encountered in Nineveh. You can go listen to Brother Philip's messages. Just make sure you do it after this one first. <sighs> That's okay. Y'all can laugh. <laughs> I figured there's probably going to be a lot more than that. So here we are. So the men understood the assignment. They knew what had to be done in order to please the God of Jonah. I mean, we, we definitely know that there were some there was hesitations in it because they tried their hardest to row the boat back. But they just couldn't. Just think about the testimony these guys had when they got back home. And their wives were like, why are you home early? You will never believe what happened to us. There was this man, he was in a Hebrew, and he feared the Lord God, the creator of the sea and the land. You, you won't never believe it. I said it was just a beautiful day. The sun was shining, and then out of nowhere, the storm was raging like you ain't never seen before. There was nothing we could do. This man said that he was running from the same God that he said created the land and the sea. You know what we had to do? We had to throw him overboard. The silence spoke wonders to them. You could just imagine because they don't know what was lurking under the water. They don't know what God had prepared for Jonah. But for them, all they know is we've heard that we had to throw him over, cast him into the sea. You mean we had to give up his life on our hands? No, no. Because these men here, they understood. But for them... Knowing that, hey, you, we, well, let's try this. We start casting out the small things, and nothing happened. 
Nothing happened as you cast out the small things. And I know as the pastor more done said tonight, he keeps talking. He keeps preaching. And yet, we stay unstirred. It's just these small things that we keep in our life. And you don't understand the small things. It can be loved ones. It can be your spouse. It could be people outside this church. Like you said, Pastor Moore, why are y'all doing that? If you know you're walking in the fear of God, you can leave here feeling the wonders of God, the power and authority in your life. The first thing that's going to happen, you're going to get a phone call. Downhill it's going to go. There's nothing that you can do. Just downhill from there. And you don't realize the impact it's going to have on your family. You don't, you're just having a conversation. You don't realize you're just joking. The joke that you can have and what it could do to somebody's life. Because you're living in that lukewarm feeling. And for some reason, deep down, you really don't want them to turn it over. Jonah had a chance. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness come up before me. He had a chance. He had a chance to go while God told him in the beginning, but there, yet there was that small voice that said, it's too dangerous. There, there's no reason to go. He ran, but he didn't realize who he was running from to its extent. As he ran, we know where he ended up. The first time he had could have been successful. He could have went. He could have done what the God told him to do. But yet he ended up the second time in the belly of hell. But even though you think, hey, I'm in the belly of hell, God still, from his belly, heard his voice. And yet again, he had another chance with that yet small voice. Sometimes you think it's just going to flow, and sometimes it just don't, brother, does it? <laughs> that's right. Oh, yes, that's right. So I know in life, we're going to be hated for his name's sake. So deep down in your heart, you know sometimes, I know the ladies have it the worst, when you go out in public, you're, on, you're in the enemy's eye. Just plain and simple. I've been many places and they don't think nothing, nothing about me wearing a suit and tie. I'm just business, business casual. But for our ladies, I understand the struggle of what y'all have. Being a target, trying to do your best, but yet there's that still small voice. We know that Jonah and his belly of the hell, we realized when he went to Nineveh and cried out unto the city, his testimony was definitely, without a doubt, better than it probably was the first time he would have went. He cried and said, in 40 days, the city will fall. And the people heard. So you could just imagine the intensity that was in his voice and what he, what he realized that, hey, Hey, I know, I know what it's like. I've been there. I know what it's like, and I know what you don't want in your life. And it has been said, because 
Abraham, take thy son, whom thou lovest, and offer him up as a burnt offering unto the mountain, which I tell thee. As he went up, his son questioned it. I know Brennan talked about that, and he is. As he took him up, his son asked, where's the sacrifice? God will provide. God will provide our sacrifice for us. As he went up, <clears throat> as he went up into the mountain, and as he started to begin with that dagger, there was yet a small voice that told him to stop. And this is me. I have a feeling, because you said it this morning, the angel killed how many? It was 185,000 troops. A bunch. Why didn't, the, why didn't the angel just go down there and hold his hand back? Because I have, without a doubt, that angel realized when there's a true anointing, he's seen it in Abraham. He said, I know you fear God. And if God be for us, who can be against us? There's nothing. Those, that angel could have killed 185,000, but I don't think he had the strength to hold back Abraham's hand. I just don't think he did. And from that point, I realized that, hey, you cannot say that you truly believe in God if you don't do what he says. That's in your scriptures of John 3 and 6. So a lot of times you're thinking, hey, the devil cannot read your thoughts. So a lot of you, I don't even know why you're holding on to all y'all's past regrets. Because it is said in Ephesians 2 and 2, where in times you walk according to the course of the world, according to the prince of power of the air. So I know a lot of times you're wondering, you're playing battles in your mind thinking, hey, what is this? Is this the devil? It's not the devil. He's not in your thoughts. He's not in your mind. But there is a God. But yet a small voice in your mind. And like I said, the battle in your mind comes from most of all the loved ones putting unwanted stress in your life. It is said in the very beginning, the idle mind, I believe an idle mind is what started the corruption in the garden. Because in the very scriptures, God said, go forth and be fruitful and multiply. That was in, the very, that was in chapter 1 he said that. But it didn't happen. But there was yet a still small voice. That's right, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. So, the biggest thing for this message, I've had this kind of on my heart for some time now. It's been quite a while. So, it goes back on a dream I had. It's, uh, I think y'all were in revival. I think I was out in Minnesota on a little trip. And I had a dream. The dream started off, the room was dark. And I went back to a place to where I think it was Brother Brennan mentioned about a candle in a dark room. I got to looking around, Pastor Moore, looking for this candle. Just looking, the room was dark, and I just kept looking for this candle. And I couldn't find it. After a little while, I got to looking, and I could just see stuff moving in the front. And I, could, I was just looking. Everything was just dark. And I'm, as I'm looking, I can see 
everybody up there, everybody's wearing black. And yet I can see that small, small casket dead center of the, of the front. I begin to pray, Jesus, to have your will, God. And let, leave me here and let me tell my testimony to them. But yet there was a small voice that said, go. I pleaded unto God and said, I don't want to go. I don't want to look into that casket and see. But yet I heard another voice that said, go. And again, I cried, God, please don't put that burden on me. Please don't put that burden on me today. But yet he pulled again. He started pulling me. And it was like I couldn't do nothing. He pulled me up to that casket. I had my eyes closed and I said, God, just leave it be. God, I'll tell him my testimony now. But there was that small voice. He said, look. He said, just look. I opened my eyes and I looked into that casket. Somebody's in here tonight. Who You can call it a blessing or you can call it a curse. Because the fear of them running the first time. But they might not make it back. Jonah ran. But he didn't have to. But he did. And he went into the belly of hell for his testimony. It's, it pulled on me for so long. And as the days go by, the days keep going by. And they're still here. And yet, I have that small voice. Is this what you're called to do? Is this what you're meant to do? I don't know, Pastor. I thought my, I thought my ministry started back in 2018. Brother Corey started going to Africa, and it was, my, it was my burden to say, hey, what can I do for him? He was on fire at the time to where he can hear our word, and I thought that's when my, I thought that's when my ministry started. October 2018, we started the podcast, which can be heard from around the world. We have hundreds of thousands of listens. We have a boy that come from Kentucky that heard this message. And I always thought that, hey, it might not be my voice that's strong enough, but I know the ability, I can get your voice out there. I can get your voice out there to where somebody might be able to hear it. So I still don't know if this is my calling, but I had to give it a chance. I had to give it a try. This is just another little notch in my, my belt to hopefully... Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Because I know most of my knowledge is I'm definitely thankful for my job and the abilities of what I have. And that's kind of like the testimony. What can you do to edify the kingdom of God? What can you benefit? Of course, when you said something about having 3,000 people show up in one night, I just said, hopefully there's at least one drummer. <laughs> just one drummer. That's all I need. And a piano player and some singers. I'm pretty sure we'll have us just a good old time. But you have to think, what can you use to help to apply to the kingdom of God? What? My voice still might not be strong enough, but there's going to be a time I can magnify what you say and what you do. That Somebody might hear it. It could be in other countries like Brother, uh, Brother Barry and Brother uh, Brennan do. 
I said a long time ago, I don't, I don't care to, if I ever step foot on that soul. I just don't. That's just too long of a plane ride. But I know the work I've done for so long is in the hands of every one of those ministers. I've had the knowledge and the ability to make all those teaching lessons for every one of those over there. And I'm so thankful. It was that yet small voice. And I know, my, I know that I can be pulled because I know I've been pulled a couple of times to play the drums for non-apostolic Pentecostal stuff. And you talking about me not being able to play? Every time I could not play the drums worth a lick. Not knowing what God was really doing for me. To not lead me astray to go play for some band. Mom and dad, I mean, they weren't in the house. Mama left us fit, left us in good hands. I always text daddy how I'm going over to Derek's. The trust was there. Can't say that it was always good stuff being at Derek's. But yet there was that still small voice in the back of my mind. So tonight, I, I can tell you, I knew I wasn't going to be long. But tonight, as they make their way to the music, if they can, I'd like to recall a story of Esther. Mordecai, he feared for his life because of the size of those gallows. He feared for his life because they were made for him. And what I never understood it until you said it one night, because he didn't kneel before man. He didn't give in to that small voice. And I've read the story several times, and not once did that ever apply to me, but I understood it that night you said it. He feared for his life. He called up unto Esther, but Esther come back in a small voice, go and pray for three days. Go to pray for three days because if I go before the king and that scepter's not held out, it can mean the death of not me, you, but all of our people. But there was an Esther that stood in the way for them. There was an Esther that was called for the time and called for the place that could go before the king. And what you don't know tonight is there is an Esther here tonight. There's an Esther that is pulling on you. I've done told you the story of the casket. There's been times I could probably come back there and just grab your hand and just pull you up here to the altar and just say, don't go. Don't go. Just go to Nineveh. Just go to Nineveh. I know it looks like death, but just go to Nineveh. So the anointing and the power of God can be on your life. But as soon as you leave here, you'll get the phone calls. Why are you doing that? Why are you going to that church? You're still going to that church. Billy Jack, I know when Derek says something about he's seen you, I prayed for you, man. I prayed and fasted. So when I seen you coming through that doors, that was a blessing to me. I really was. God did it, even if he... But it was my prayer, Billy Jack. And I just remember that. Because you, you could pretty much say that every one of us is probably 
veered away from Nineveh just in fear that, hey, it could be the death. I could lose my family. What about my kids? What about my life? What does this mean? Does this mean dress code? No. I found out a long time ago, even when I wasn't walking right, I still had issues. Of, I had to wear them down here. I had to. It was just something that was instilled in me as a young child. There was that Esther. And with the title, it says, Unwanted Blessing. Because we know without a doubt, if Jonah knew the full outcome, he would have went to Nineveh first. And I hopefully I could have let you know that there is a outcome tonight. But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. So you ask yourself about the voice. Samuel to Eli, right? Here am I, Master. I didn't call you. Go back and sleep. He heard that voice till finally he said, go back. And when you hear it, say, here am I. You're going to hear a lot of voices out there. But I can assure you one thing. That's why you have a pastor in your life. Because that pastor's voice is going to be the one you're going to be like, how did Brother Moore get here? How did Pastor Moore get here? I must have butt dialed or something. I don't know. But that's what your mind's going to think. This, this is not a voice. This is not true. This is not right. But for some reason, as you were speaking, I always kept going back to the voice. And to hold strong, and for the best way to understand the voice is, you can say something, Pastor Moore, you can say something, Uncle Troy. But for me, it's just confirmation from what I've read already. If I haven't read it, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read it. I just know in this little endeavor in the last two weeks, three weeks now, my reading has went up almost five to six hours a day. If anything, it's definitely made a habit that I just find myself not even wanting to go veer off and go to this, go to that, to where it's like, let me go back and read that story again. And I know in my time with Renaissance Academy, study to show thyself approved. It definitely has been a blessing to me to be under the ministry of Brother Odom, Brother Townley, Brother McKillop, and Brother Patrick. The dedication those men have as pastors and being able to study 24-7 the Word of God. So tonight, you may stand.
Hopefully tonight, hopefully my voice as in one as Pastor Moore's tonight, and that you could hold strong to it and just lead towards that voice. Because you think you're in a battle now when you come to this altar and you make lead way towards the kingdom of God. There will be a battle once you leave here. There's going to be a great battle. Most of the time you ask, why, why isn't he like that to everybody? Looks like they're living right. Looks like they're going to God. He knows. He ain't worried about them. He already knows he's got them. They're in that lukewarm stage. So tonight, as these altars are open, I encourage everybody to please come. And I hope to be that Esther and that voice to where I could come before you holding up that golden scepter. That you may have peace tonight. To be obedient to that voice tonight. God has been so good to me. He has been so good to my family. But tonight, just to cast down all those burdens and leave them on the altar tonight. Jesus ministered to us tonight. Jesus ministered to us like never before. Jesus, that will come before you with a humble heart and a humble soul, God. Jesus, that we might hold on to it tonight. There's going to be many voices, but there's just one that's going to cry out amongst all of them. It's going to cry out among all of them.
there's a blessing. There's a blessing. Oh! 
my, my, my. Whose voice are you going to be? And whose voice are you going to hear? It's really all about the voice that's ringing out across our lands. Jonah, a man, didn't want to go and be the voice that God needed him to be. And to them people called the Ninevites. Don't ever underestimate the power of the voice. Even though it may go across a computer, across lands. If it's the voice of truth, amen, to liberate and to deliver. Let me give you a little example. Brother Wade Bass is doing a lot of work in Africa. He kind of became a bishop in, in, in maybe a higher level than what some would think. And he's got some over there that don't have anybody, certain villages and places, and there's nobody there, period. And he had met this one young man, and uh, he believed this gospel. And, and through, through the computer and the Internet, and, and I'm not sure exactly which one of those channels... Uh, but he, he, he related to him in Bible studies and helped get him grounded and settled. To, but there was nobody, nobody to baptize him. And so Brother Bass says, I didn't know what else to do. He said, so I told him, I said, you go out there into a creek or a river or somewhere in some waters. He said, you go out there. And he said, take, he took somehow took the phone and the, 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 the computer or something and set it up and let him go out there on his own, nobody else around. And he spoke over him as he went down into that water. Amen. Because there was absolutely nobody else there to help him and see him baptized in Jesus' name. Now that young lad has just got into the preaching and got being used of God and this thing's exploding over there. And you know, we can limit this or say this or say that and whatever. But you know what? If it's God and, and a man of God by faith spoke the name of Jesus over him, God honored that. Amen. As though he had been right there in a million dollar bathroom, in a million dollar building. It didn't matter if it's some Jordan. It didn't matter if it's in some village where well, God, God's no respecter of person. When it comes to salvation, if you want it, then you want to be a voice. God will help you. just helps us to understand where there's so many avenues to work in this kingdom and to work and to be a part of it to help see it unfold and see it take place <laughs> I'm really expecting some results from some of these young men that's purchased Bible studies they bought them. When they come to me about it, I said, you buy it. I preach you ought to buy everybody's. No, I shouldn't. If you ought to teach them, you buy. You put the purchase. Because if they buy, they won't just sit on the coffee tables. They won't just sit in a closet somewhere. They'll start getting them out and start reading them and studying them. And this is what I've encouraged them. There's some out there who never come to this building. But you can carry it to them. And once they experience it and hear it, that's what will tear down the walls and the mountains. Amen. That they'll start making their way to the house of God. Sometimes you got to go out in the highways and the byways and compel them. And there's nothing more compelling, amen, than the word of God and the truth of God. So we believe in it. 
And there may be some Ninevehs that God may send some of us to. To go knock on their doors. Invite them to the house of God. and Introduce them to Jesus Christ and the fullness of this truth. Thank God for truth tonight. Thank God for this great treasure that we found. (laughs) But there's even a, a more blessing than that. Start giving it away. Start telling others about it. I got a God. I got an experience I want to talk to you about. Let God open up the doors. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Appreciate everybody. Thank you, Brother Josh Clark. Good job tonight. Appreciate you. Appreciate all in the house of the Lord tonight that's coming and joining with us to worship the Lord and give God glory and praise. Look around. Some are a little sick and afflicted. Tell us remember them in our prayers. Hopefully to see them back by Wednesday night, no doubt. And so our prayers can make a difference in that. So let's pray for them. Pray for one another. Amen. That God's hand would touch. And uh, some, amen, has got some things going on. So please remember your body, your, your church. Uh, lift them all up in prayer that God would strengthen and bless and help us along this journey. We need one another. We need one another. Amen. And the gifts and talents and ability we're able to bring to the house of God, to the kingdom of God, and uh, to be used here in this local assembly. We love and appreciate each one of you. Amen. To be a part of this and help us along this journey. Hallelujah. We don't take any of it for granted. Amen. Thank God for it. You know, I'm so thankful. I'm not sure who done it, and I still don't know. But just to give you a little example, amen. I noticed the other day, and it, I, it wasn't the other day when it was just done. I don't know how many times I pulled out of this, and them water oak limbs was hanging down there, touching my truck, and all that. I said, I'm going to cut them limbs. Them limbs have got to go. All of a sudden, one day, I went to pull out of here. Praise God. Hallelujah. I started to get out of my truck and just do a dance around there and say, Woo, praise God. Somebody had done it. I didn't have to ask him. I didn't have to tell him. He just kind of cut them things off. Praise God. That's what I'm talking about. That's how God in a small voice. And you never know what God might do whenever you've done something like that. Wish what God might do for you. Amen. I tell you, you can't, you can't. God blesses in a way that nobody else can. He can. And so that's being mindful of the house of God, the kingdom of God. You know, to think about doing all that at your, your yard in your house and never think about doing anything at the house of God. Okay, I won't preach. We, we're on birthdays. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. But we want to be kingdom minded. And you can't be kingdom minded without being concerned about these four acres and that field. I need a field before I get a plan. I'm just going to tell you like it is. I ain't being ugly. But I know what God put in my heart and spirit. I want a field. Before I build a temple, I want a field. Because that's going to determine what temple I build. Praise God. I'm sorry again. Anyway. Hallelujah. And it's going to be an act of God to get it. I'm telling you, they have, the, the previous owners have no desire to get rid of it. God can change their desire. And that's what I'm praying. God, you know. You know. When you created this, you know. 
And that's what we want to see God's will done. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Birthdays, birthdays. Praise God. Look at him. Man, we got a whole host of them up here tonight. Praise God. Come on, we're going to sing. We're going to call their names. I mean, we got it on the screen. Makes it easy. We can just follow order here. Uh, all right, let's do it. Praise God. Man, that's worth $200 right there. Sing the song, happy birthday to everybody. Without, you know, saying you all and all that. <laughs> Amen. All right, anniversaries. No anniversaries. All right, well, praise God. Nobody will get married this time of the year. That's good. Praise the Lord. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Got refreshments. Going to have fellowship in the back. Why don't we all stand together? Appreciate you ladies and men waving back there at me, okay? Ladies meeting Tuesday night, 7 o'clock in the fellowship hall. A ladies meeting. Amen. Come and enjoy. It's a fun night. Man, kicked it off here a little while back. So all the ladies are invited, part of this church or not. If you'd like to come, come be a part of it. It'll be a fun night, time of eating and having a good time. And uh, so we want to invite everybody to come and be a part of it. Uh, the only requirement is you've got to be a lady. Amen. All right? Amen. May not take too kind if a man comes in there. So it's got to be the ladies, all right? All right. Love and appreciate you. Let's ask the Lord to bless the fellowship tonight. God, we love you. Appreciate you tonight. We're so thankful for the word, the power, and the presence of God. The miracles that's took place in this house tonight. The angels that's been dispatched to do great things for us. We're thankful for the food tonight. Bless the hands that prepared it. Help us receive it with thanksgiving. In that wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Appreciate you. One more thing. I'm sorry. I just, it hit me. Youth camp. Restoration starts tomorrow, April the 17th. If you plan on going to youth camp, senior or junior, get on that computer tomorrow. Be one of the first early birds and get the worm. We're not going to try to pull strings to get you in there this year. Get in there. Get registered if you're going to be a part of it. Second thing, going to have a crawfish the 29th. Part of the money is going to the youth. Youth, I want you to get involved. We're going to sell some crawfish. We're going to raise some money. Man, it takes a lot of money to send you. So you know what? We're going to raise some money. All right? Anybody excited about that? Hallelujah. We ought to be excited. It's going to be at a new place. It's going to be at the Christian University, Louisiana's Christian University. Not too far from where the previous has been. They got ball fields. They got a lot of things to offer. It's going to be an exciting time for the youth to go and be a part of that. So don't forget, amen, you can stay up to midnight tonight and do it. I don't care. I don't know when they're going to put it on there. It may not be at midnight tonight, but it's going to happen tomorrow. Get involved. Get a part of it. Parents, get your kids involved. And Amen. Just be a part of this. Okay? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.